welcome to everybody. If you're watching online, welcome. We're glad that you're here as well, and hopefully you'll see us in person soon. So um, we are in this series, uh, Christmas Is, and so last week it was Christmas Is Coming. And so uh, over the course of the message, we talked about how do we prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus? How do we prepare our hearts for the birth of Jesus in celebrating that in a way that honors God? And, uh, and so we did a couple of different things. One of the things I encourage you to do is to read the Christmas story for yourself. Don't just hear it on Sunday morning. Don't just listen to Christmas carols, but read the actual story for yourself in the book of Matthew and in the book of Luke. Uh, the other thing that uh, we encourage you to do, and I commend you for doing this, we said take a bag, an Advent uh, family devotion bag, and take it with you. Um, and apparently, some people in the first service were a little bit greedy because uh, they took too many. And I know that some of you that come to the second service did not get a bag. So we made 50 more of those. So if you want to grab one of those on your way out because you didn't get one, you'd be uh, welcome to do that. So some of you, uh, again, are commended because you're embracing this Christmas season. However, some of you need to be scolded, okay? And here's why. is We gave out, last week, we gave uh, Christmas ornaments, these fragrant ornaments, air freshers, that says Christmas is coming with a little River Ridge logo on it, Christmas is coming, and all that kind of thing. And some of you, and I don't know who it was, decided, you know, let's go hide a bunch of these in Matt's office. That'd be really funny. It wasn't really funny. So my office smells like a Christmas tree factory. Like one smells nice. 50 or whatever in there does not smell so nice. And so bit by bit through the week, I'm like, ah, found another one throw it out. So some of you commended, some of you scolded. So hey, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be here and to be in your presence. Uh, God, that we get to talk about hope this morning, and we get to talk about Christmas, that we get to understand your word and, and what you want for us. Um, God, I pray that as I speak this morning, that my words would be the words that you want to speak through me. And as I speak this morning and we look at the scriptures, that your Holy Spirit would speak to people's lives. And everybody here is coming from a little bit different perspective. Some come in with joy and some come in with despair and everywhere in between. God, would you meet us this morning where we need to be met? In Jesus' name, amen. So I have a question for you. We're going to start out with, here's the question. How many of you like waiting? Do you like waiting? <laughs> All right, so in that long pause... What was going through your head? So some of you were like, when is he going to talk, start talking again? Because that was really long. Some of you were like, why is he doing this? Some of you were going, I know this is a sermon gimmick, but I don't like it. Right? That's what a lot of you were thinking. And some of you, probably a lot of you are going, I really like this silence. Let's keep this up for another like 20 minutes or so, right? So you had all different kind of reactions to that silence. But here's the thing, is when it comes to waiting, when we don't know how long we have to wait, waiting is that much harder. 
So if I said, I'm going to ask a question, and then I'm going to wait for 20 seconds, you'd probably be like, oh, okay, I'm good with that. Or even if I said, I'm going to ask a question, and, we're going to, and I'm going to wait, and we're going to have silence for two minutes, or three minutes, or five minutes, you would have been okay with that, because you can see where the end is. You know, okay, well, there's a finite period for this. But one of the difficulties when it comes to life and waiting is oftentimes we don't know when something is going to end. And so we're going through some difficult times, some circumstance, some trial, some whatever it is, and we're not really sure when or even if it's ever going to end. And so this morning, we're going to talk about hope because hope and waiting are closely tied together. Now, when it comes to waiting, waiting is kind of part of Christmas if, if you're a kid. And I want you to think back to when you were a kid and your parents wrapped up Christmas presents for you and then they hid them somewhere, right? Now, here's a question for you and a true confession. How many of you as a kid went looking for them to try and find the presents? Go ahead, raise your hand. Yep, yep. Pretty much all of us did that. Now, here's a question. How many of you took it the next step and you picked the present up and you rattled it and shook it without your parents knowing? It's like, ooh, I know what this game is. Yep, a lot of you did that. Now, how many of you did this? Take it one step over. How many of you peeled back the corner of the present, opened it, looked in there like, oh, I'm getting a... Some of you did that. Okay, I see some hands. Now, this next one, you do not want to confess to this. This is you. I'll just... How many of you... Actually, you can confess. I'd love to know who you are. But how many of you opened the present and then opened it up and played with it and then stuck it back? Did anybody do that? Yeah, a couple of you guilty people back there. You know, but that's part of the Christmas experience as a kid is sneaking to look at those presents. But you know, here's the thing. As a kid, you know that Christmas is coming. It's on the 25th, and you can kind of wait until that point. But as an adult, waiting is a lot harder because we're never quite sure how long we have to wait. We're not quite sure when is the end going to come, whatever it is that we're waiting for. And the thing is, when we talk about life, when we talk about hope, and we talk about waiting, that waiting is a part of hope, and hope is a part of life. But when we lose hope, when we have aspirations and dreams and goals and what will be in the future, when we lose hope, we lose a bit of life. The writer of Proverbs says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred. When we lose hope, it sucks the life out of us. But when we have hope ahead of us, it's a tree of life. I recently finished a book, um, and it was a, a book that a part of it, like one section of this book, talked about a particular incident in World War II. And I'm, I'm not a history buff or a World War II buff, so I didn't know this, but some of you probably do know this. Um, but in World War II, the, the Japanese uh, captured either all or, or part of the Philippines. I know it was all the Philippines. Um, and there were American soldiers and there were Filipino soldiers, and they were captured. And they took them, all the captured prisoners, about 70,000 of them, and it was, they took them on what has been known as the Bataan Death March. And they marched these uh, 70,000 people about 60 miles or so to a POW camp. 
And on that death march, and it's called a death march because thousands upon thousands of soldiers died in this death march. And as I was reading this book that was talking about, you know, who made it and who didn't, what was very interesting is that those that made it held out hope, that they had hope of seeing their loved ones again. They had hope of seeing a mom or a dad or a wife or children. They held out that hope. But those that didn't have hope, those who were in despair, were much more likely to die on this very long death march. And I share that with you because when it comes to life, if we lose out on hope, we lose out on so much of life when we give up, when, we're, when there's this despair. And so this morning, we're going to talk about how do we have hope? Christmas is hope for all. So how do we have that hope? How do we gain that? And you know, it's interesting, even as I use the word hope, the word hope is kind of a difficult word because it means different things to different people. And the word hope can mean one thing in one context and one thing in another context. It's kind of like the word love. You can use the word love in different ways. I can say, I love my wife, but that means one thing. Or I could say, I love my iPhone, and that means a different thing. Now, if I love my iPhone and I love my wife means the same thing, I'm in a world of hurt, right? It means different things. Hope is that same type of word. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to answer three questions. What is hope? How do we find hope? And how do we give hope away? What is it? How do we find it? And how do we give it away? So the first part of this question is, what is hope? You know, sometimes people talk about hope and they say, you know, I hope I get a Red Ryder BB gun for Christmas. I hope we have a white Christmas. I hope I get asked to the prom or the winter dance. I hope that when I eat more pie, I don't gain weight. I hope that I get to stay up till midnight. I hope, you know, we have this hope. That type of hope is really more like wishful thinking. Like, I hope this doesn't happen. It's more like, I wish this happens. I wish this doesn't happen. We're not talking about that kind of hope. We're talking about biblical hope. Here's another type of hope that sometimes people have. And this is what I would call perhaps a pseudo hope. It's putting our hope or putting our faith or putting our trust in something that will not fulfill us. It is a false hope, a false place, a pseudo hope. You know, it's the hope that says, I hope I get into the right college because then I'll be happy. Or I hope I get a promotion, then I will have peace. Or I hope I find the right person, then all my relational problems will be solved. Or I hope I have more money, I hope I could have more money so I would be less stressed out. Those are all false hopes or pseudo hopes. You can put your hope in those things, but they will not fulfill you. But hope, in terms of biblical hope, the hope that we're going to talk about, we're going to define it this way. Is hope is the confident assurance that God will set all things right. It's the confident assurance that God, at some point in the future, that's the waiting part, but at some point in the future that God will set all things right. Here's what Paul would write about hope in the book of Romans. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Paul says he is the God of hope. 
And when you are in a relationship with the God of hope, look what is promised there. Joy and peace. And isn't that what we're looking for in our lives? We're looking for joy. We're looking for peace. And when we have a relationship with the God of hope, the God who will set all things right in the future, that's what hope is. So then it comes to the question of where do we find hope? How do we have hope? God offers this hope, but how do we find it? We're going to find the answer to that actually in the Christmas story. We're going to go back 2,000 years to Bethlehem, and we're going to see the story, and I mentioned his name earlier, I mentioned the story earlier during the baby dedication, parent-child dedication, is I mentioned a man named Simeon. And so Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, bring Jesus into the temple eight days after he was born, and there they find a man named Simeon who has a prophecy to say over who Jesus will be. And it's that prophecy that we're going to look at this morning in his story. So open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 25. And uh, as we go, we're actually going to underline some words, so grab a pen. If it's on an electronic Bible, get your highlighter tool out there, but we're going to talk about a couple of different words as we go through this. It says this, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ." And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed him and said, and we'll get to what he said in just a minute. But I want to stop there and talk a little bit about Simeon. Now, it says that he was promised, you will not die until the Messiah comes. And the Messiah had been promised to come for a very long time. You can actually, if you read the Old Testament, you can actually go all the way back to the story of Adam and Eve and see that there's a promise of a coming Messiah. And then we can see that it was promised to Abraham. We can see it was promised to David. And then it really comes out full force in the book of Isaiah and the promise of a Messiah to come. And that was, Isaiah was written in about 700 BC. And then Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, there's a little bit in there about the coming of Jesus. And then there's silence. For 400 years, there's nothing from God. Theologians actually call it the 400 years of silence. You all got antsy with 20 seconds of silence. Imagine 400 years of silence. And so in that period of time, people gave up on God. Well, God's not speaking anymore Maybe there is no God. Maybe the Messiah is not coming. Maybe God changes, but then maybe, maybe, maybe. And all these people gave up on that the Messiah would come, that hope would come. Except for there's a remnant of people that said, we still believe, we still hold out hope. And Simeon was one of those people. and says that he was devout and righteous. And so God gave him specifically a promise. He said, you will not die until the Messiah comes. And he uses a phrase in here, and I want you to underline this, because this is so helpful in the waiting period, in the waiting time. In verse 25, underline this phrase. It says, 
He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And that word consolation, that's not a word that we use a whole lot, uh, but it's interesting. I did a little digging on this, and the word consolation um, is used in a very similar way in the book of John, in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, um, there's a description of the Holy Spirit, and it says the Holy Spirit is the paraclete, okay? And that word is translated different ways in different Bibles, but it basically means the comforter or the helper or the counselor, but it's this idea that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. And so we look at this, and it's the same word. It is the consolation or the comforter of Israel. And here's why I want to point this out. Again, the difficulty of hope is when will God answer? And so what do we do in the meantime as we're waiting on God to set all things right? And here's what we do. Hope is found in seeking the comfort of God. Hope is found in seeking the comfort of God. Because we don't know how long we're going to wait. You know, and there are things that you want in your life to be set right, and you're not sure how long you need to wait for them. It may be on this side of eternity, but it may be that God doesn't set things right until the other side of eternity. But what this says is that he's waiting on the consolation of Israel, the comfort of Israel, and that we can be comforted by God, by the Holy Spirit, in this time of waiting. Here's the next phrase that I want you to underline. This is verse 26 at the end. It says, He would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And I want you to underline that because, you know, usually when it refers to Jesus, it refers to him as Jesus or Jesus Christ or the Christ. But this is unique in that it has its, its possessive. It says, the Lord's Christ. And here's what it wants to understand about this, is that Christ is a gift to us. Jesus is the Lord's, Father in heaven, and he gives Jesus to the earth for a period of time. He is the Lord's Christ. And so here's the second place that hope is found. Hope is found in receiving the gift of hope. Hope is found in receiving the gift of hope. Now, as you look at that phrase, it's a little, it's, it's a little bit redundant. Like your English teacher would not be happy with you if you wrote that. It's like, blue is blue. Well, that didn't really tell me anything. But here's what I want you to see in this, is hope is found in receiving the gift of hope. It's in this receiving part. You see, God offers us hope, but it's our choice about whether we want to receive that or not. And you see, hope is different than faith. You know, you can have faith in Christ. You can have salvation, but you live without hope. Say, you know, I have salvation. I have Jesus. I'm going to heaven, but you don't have any hope in this life. And you see, what I want us to understand is Jesus is the Lord's Christ belongs to the Lord, a gift to us, and that gift is hope. And we can choose to rest in the assurance that God will make things all, all things right, or instead we can live in fear, and we can live without trust, and we can live with anxiety, and we can live with uncertainty, or we can live with hope, because Christmas is hope for all. Jesus is hope for all. Then here's the last way that we find hope. This is in verse 29. It says, Lord, now, excuse me, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. 
underline that phrase, according to your word. You see, this is what happens, is that God had promised Simeon, said, you will not die until you see the Lord's Christ coming, until the Messiah comes. And here it says, it's according to your word. God made a promise to Simeon. He says, you won't die until Jesus comes. And God makes that promise to us as well, is that we have the promise of heaven. And so the last way that we find hope is hope is found in the promises of God. It's the promises of God. And the Bible is filled with promises of God. And so we search the Bible and we find these are the promises that God holds out to me. Hope is found in the promises of God. Now, Simeon's prayer continues, verse 30 and 31. It says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. I want you to underline the word salvation. Underline that word salvation. And here's why. Is, you know, at Christmas time, we make Christmas about a lot of things. We make it a lot about a bunch of secular things like gifts and trees and things like that and Santa and, and so forth. Um, but in the church, we also make it about the Christmas story things. You know, the, the Jesus was lying in a manger, and it's about a donkey and an innkeeper and a star and magi. And those are all neat, wonderful things about Christmas that are in the Christmas story. But the Christmas story is really about salvation. The Christmas story is really about the Savior. This is what James read earlier in the service. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That Jesus was born to be the Savior. And here's what I want us to understand about Christmas. You know, that hope is not found in how. Hope is found in who. You see, when we talk about heaven and the hope of heaven, salvation, the hope of salvation is not based in, can I avoid sin? The hope of salvation is not based on how often I go to church. The hope of salvation is not based on how good can I be. The hope of salvation is not based on how much knowledge do I have about God. No, the hope of salvation is not based on a how or a how much. The hope of salvation is based on who? That it is Jesus Christ who is our hope. And so when we place our faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, then we have hope of eternity. Then we can have a confident assurance that you will spend eternity in heaven. That's the hope that Jesus brings to us. It's the hope of salvation. So here's the final question for this morning, is how do we give hope away? How do we give hope away? Throughout this message, I've been talking about hope is the expectation that God would set all things right. And we as a church have a role in that in the world around us, to provide hope to other people. You know, there's a, there's a metaphor that's used in the, in the um, Bible that talks about what's the church. You know, it's in Romans, it's in 1 Corinthians. It says the, the church is to be a body. 
that we're a body, like, like a human body, but we're a body. And sometimes we'll even take that a little bit further and we'll use the expression that we are the hands and feet of Christ. We as the church are the hands and feet of Christ. And every time that we are the hands and feet of Christ, we are bringing hope to the world. You know, many of you took ornaments from the angel tree to buy presents for the kids at the Second Avenue Center. You are providing hope to those kids. You know, some of you make meals on a Monday or a Wednesday at the Second Avenue Community Center, and you feed some kids that would otherwise be hungry. You are giving them and providing them hope. This spring, we're going to take a mission trip to Haiti. It's a medical mission trip. And the folks that go on that, if you want to go on that, I encourage you to do that. But when you go on a trip like that, you are bringing hope to people through good medical care. Many of you sacrificed with the beans and rice campaign back in November, and you ate cheaply so you could give generously. You ate differently, and you gave the savings to the church, and then we turned around and we gave that to Putnam County, to The Rock, to give hope to men who are in recovery. And we gave it to an orphanage in Haiti to help those kids eat. That is providing hope. That's part of how we give away hope. Four years ago, we put out the call at River Ridge Church to provide hope for a group of kids that needs hope in a big way. It's kids who are in the foster care system. And so we said, hey, we as a church want to put a shoulder behind this. And so we offer what are called pride classes. And those are the classes that you go through in order to be trained and to kind of be certified to be a foster parent or to adopt. And so we had about a dozen people go through that class four years ago. And one of the couples that went through that were Justin and Amber Gall. And I'd like you to hear their story of providing hope. We want to continue uh, to provide hope to kids in our community and put a shoulder behind it. So I want to let you know two things. Um, first is we're going to offer pride classes again. And so if you feel like you would like to be a part of that, um, you're not committing to anything, but you can sign up on the Riverage website and we'll figure out where to offer that and when to offer that. But if you have an interest in that, in either foster care or adoption, um, we want to help you with that. Um, and then the second thing is this, is uh, we have set up a fund uh, to help people who are adopting or fostering kids. And we found that one of the obstacles that keeps people from foster or adoption sometimes is a financial obstacle. And so we want to do the best that we can as a church to take that away. And so we have set up uh, a, a fund with a fair amount of money in it that will allow people to uh, apply for a grant, basically. And so you can apply if you need help with uh, adoption costs, with renovating a room, with education costs, anything that's related to foster or adoption, um, we want to help and, and provide and help financially with that. And that the thing is with this is uh, it's not just River Ridge. If you know folks, it is a River Ridge fund, um, but it is going to be you know for anybody in the state of West Virginia. So if you know people who would benefit um, and might need some help financially, encourage them to apply for the grant, and then we'll analyze those and, and disperse that money. Um, but I'm excited for this as we provide hope for people. I want to talk about uh, a second way that we provide hope as we return to uh, the Gospel of Luke here. And the final verse, uh, verse 32, says this. It says, A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And what this talks about here, and this is what I want us to understand, it says that you will be, or Jesus will be, a light to the Gentiles. 
Now, as, as Simeon was praying this prayer, as people were anticipating the Messiah, they had all kinds of different views about what the Messiah would be. Maybe he would be a political Messiah. Maybe he would be a military Messiah. But one of the things that very few people understood is that Jesus would be a spiritual Messiah, and not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. Because up until this point, really the faith of Yahweh was basically the faith of the Jewish faith. And now with Jesus, it opens it up to the Gentiles that all are welcome. And that's part of why we titled this message, Christmas is Hope for All. Christmas doesn't have to be just hope for those of us that call Rivers home or those of us who are in the church. That part of what we want to do and understand is that Jesus can be hope for all. You know, and as we worked through this message this morning and talked about hope. You know, maybe you came in here and you thought, you know, this was, this was good, this is helpful. I need a little help to hope to remember, help to remember hope. You know, maybe you came in here and this was like, man, I was in such a tough place and this was super helpful and I needed, I really needed this. Um, but you know, there's people that you interact with every day, hundreds of people that you interact with every day who don't know the hope of Christ. That you know that when life gets hard, you can turn to Christ. And you can, it may take a little while, but yeah, we remember, that's right, God has this. My hope is in Christ. God's gonna set thing, all things right. It may take you a while to get there, but there are people that you walk past every day who don't have that hope. And so part of what it means to be a light to the Gentiles, part of what it means to bring hope is to invite people to hear about and to hear the hope that they can have in Jesus Christ. And so what I want to encourage you to do is Christmas Eve services are coming up in a couple of weeks. And I want to encourage you to use this as an opportunity to invite somebody to hear about the hope of Christ. If you look in front of your knees, there's a bunch of cards in the little card holder there uh, that look like this. On the top, it says, you are invited. And then it lists the times that we're having Christmas Eve services. And I would encourage you, and I would challenge you to take a couple of these with you. Take two, three, four, five, however many you want to take. And see, here's the, here's the assignment. It's not everybody needs to hand out four of these. Everybody hands out six of these. Six times 500 equals three. It's not that. Here's all that I want you to do is take a few, put it in your wallet, put it in your purse, put it in your pocket, put it in your cell phone case, whatever, wherever you carry with you most of the time, and then just listen for opportunities. You don't have to hand this out to every cashier and every gas attendant that you meet, right? But just listen for opportunities and hear people who are lacking hope. Hear people who may have some sort of spiritual interest that you didn't know was there. And you'll notice that our Christmas Eve services are a little bit different this year. We're offering one on the traditional Christmas Eve on the 24th at 4.30, but we're also offering one at 4.30 on the 23rd, sort of Christmas Adam, Christmas Adam and then Christmas Eve, if you like puns. Um, uh, and we're not having one uh, on, Chris, on Sunday morning, the 23rd, because we really want people to be able to invite their friends and to be able to do two great services to provide hope for people, that Jesus is the gift, and that's 23rd and the 24th. And I'll leave you with this final thought. I have a very good friend of mine um, who 
will come to service with me or come to things on, at Christmas time. And, and I ask her at Christmas time, hey, you know, do you want to go to this? And sometimes she'll go to a Christmas concert or something like that with me. Um, and then I've also asked her to come to something on Easter. And whenever I ask her for Easter something, she's like, no, I don't really like the Easter thing. And this person's not a Christian. She said, I don't like the Easter thing. That's like, you know, Jesus died for your sins and all that. I don't like that. I'm, and I'm like, well, it's actually about Jesus rising from the dead. But I understand what you're saying. Um, but then I said, well, why don't, why don't you come at Easter, but you do come at Christmas? And she's like, because it's about new birth and new life and God coming. And, and, I, and that's just more uplifting. And I share that with you because... There's something about Christmas that people are looking for something more. People are looking to connect with God. People are looking to make a spiritual connection. And they may not even put it that way. But I think people the world over, in our community especially, when there's Christmas and it's just about presents and food and cookies and parties, and there's something hollow about that. And I think our friends and our neighbors and our family, they know that. And so we have this opportunity to come alongside and say, hey, why don't you come experience the Christ of Christmas with me? And you give them the card and invite them to come to whenever you're coming. So I want to encourage you to use that to bring hope to the world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you um, that we have been given hope, that you sent Jesus and he is our hope, that we have confidence in him that we will spend eternity with you one day. And we have confidence that you will set all things right because of the hope that we have in Jesus. And there may be a lot of waiting between now and then or maybe a little bit of waiting. But we thank you that we have our hope in you and you walk with us until hope is fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen.